You're listening to American Girl Women with Laura Treader and Lindsay Adams-Franca. This is a podcast where two millennial gals gather around the microphone and reminisce on the cultural phenomenon that took our childhood by storm, American Girl Dolls. Contrary to what you might think, we aren't just talking about dolls here. We're diving into the high highs and the low lows of getting hooked on American Girl and all the childhood memories that come flooding back. So join us and a few special guests each week as we become American Girl Women. Today on American Girl Women, we are joined by Janine Naprakowski, the Project Coordinator for Cultural Assets at Girl Scouts USA. Janine is a current American Girl doll collector and is also on the board of Yes She Can Inc., which runs Girl Again, an American Girl resale store in White Plains, New York. Janine grew up in northern New Jersey, where she loved reading, swimming, going to summer camp, and of course, American Girl. We are so thrilled to connect with her about her experiences with AG and also discuss the many similarities between American Girl and Girl Scouts. Janine, welcome to AGW. Thanks so much. I'm so happy to be here and reminisce with you all about American Girl. We are so excited to reminisce with you as well. I think that we're going to get into some fun uncharted territory today um, that we haven't yet discussed on this podcast. So we're excited to dive in. We have spoken to so many of our guests who were Girl Scouts growing up. For many of us, the AG experience really goes hand in hand with our time as Girl Scouts. I think there are so many parallels between both of their missions and values and um, just really looking forward to connecting further about all things AG and all things Girl Scouts with you today, Janine. Fantastic. Well, both of those things bring together sort of my childhood and adulthood. So I've been really enjoying it. I think a lot of our listeners will relate as well. I mean, there could be a whole other podcast simply just reminiscing about Girl Scouts. There's so so much, I think, to unpack there. And it's such a universal experience that so many girls can relate to very similarly to AG. So hopefully in our conversation today, um, we'll hear from a lot of our listeners about maybe rediscovering old Girl Scouts memories as well. That would be great. Definitely. (laughs) Is there like a Girl Scout nostalgia niche as well. There is. There is a massive market for Girl Scout uniforms, handbooks. And keep in mind, we Girl Scouts has been producing ephemera since 1912, since the very beginning. Wow. So there are 111 years worth of uniforms, handbooks, patches, badges. But there are a couple different meetups on the East Coast where it's sort of like a Girl Scout garage sale. And I say that Ooh. lovingly because I am a collector myself um, <laughs> and love a good, you know, hunt uh, where people sell all different items and some people are like recreating their uniforms from when they were a kid that maybe got lost or destroyed or they're trying to find items that you know they didn't have or weren't available to them so similarly to like ag there's a there's a hefty uh, ebay market for girl scout merchandise (laughs) wow that's so interesting i like haven't thought to have done that but i I want to see if I could find like my old vest sash. or sash. I think mm-hmm. I had a vest and a sash. 
Probably, um, depending on how old you are and where yeah. you are. Um, and still, similarly, vests and sash are both available. It depends, you know, what part of the country you were in. If your council mm -hmm. was merged, it might have changed names. But there is a ton of stuff available. And I find stuff at antique stores all the time, maybe that people didn't know was Girl Scouts um, or, you know, it was a pin or something like that. Um, but there's so much fun stuff. And some of the, like old vintage illustrations are really fantastic. Ooh, oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I feel like there is like a whole universe of like Girl Scouts related nostalgia that would be so cool to like dive through mm -hmm. and just like look into the archives. Is there any kind of like archival sort of like presentation of past material at yeah. the Girl Scouts HQ. Yeah, so we the Girl Scouts HQ is not open to the public anymore. It used mm. to be, but um, mm. since COVID, you can make an appointment. And we do have a small exhibition in Girl Scout Central, which is the shop at headquarters, which is on 37th and 5th Avenue in Midtown Manhattan. Um, and we do have some things online. There are a number of Girl Scout museums across the country at various councils. Um, and then there's all sorts of other collections. Like we currently have a piece in the Smithsonian for one of their summer camp exhibitions. So oh, wow. we, we do all sorts of things. We also host a lot of researchers in the archives who are writing their thesis or writing a book. So that's a little bit of what I do at Girl Scouts. That's so cool. And so cool. Janine, is there an American Girl connection to Girl Scouts? Like sometimes if I'm looking for an AG magazine on mm -hmm. eBay, an old vintage magazine will pop up that says American Girl magazine, but I yep. think it's tied to the Girl Scouts. Yeah, it actually is. So Girl Scouts owned the trademark, the American Girl, from 1919 to 1979, and they used it for magazines and books. So it was a monthly magazine for all girls was the tagline, and it had things like sim very similar to the 90s American Girl magazine, recipes, crafts, stories, original artwork, and it was available to Girl Scouts and girls who were not registered Girl Scouts. Uh, about 500,000 subscribers a month got the magazine, and then there were compilations books of things that were printed in the magazine so like fictional serial stories there were two different like sort of self-help books which one was called the beauty book and one was called the american girl book of teenage questions those were printed in the 60s and they're kind of like the earlier versions of the care and keeping of you wow. um, which are they're really fantastic to read because some of the advice is still spot on and then some of it is like using cold cream and like hot curlers <laughs> like, you know that we just uh, is just like a little bit ridiculous now. Wow. Um, but yeah, so there are hundreds of magazines. Um, and part of what I do in managing the archives at Girl Scouts is working with those magazines and doing research in them. And so I sort of came across American Girl, not Pleasant Company American Girl, the, the Girl Scout version, um, because my aunt was grew up in the 50s and 60s and she I inherited one of her books which was called um, stories to live by and it was a Girl Scout publication under their American Girl title and it was I got the book right around the time that I was getting American Girl dolls so it was like this is the same name but this is not the same thing you know I knew that it was from Girl Scouts but I 
and that American Girl dolls weren't. So that sort of like was a spark when I was a kid. And when I started working for Girl Scouts, um, looking back at some of that, we have a whole bunch of blow ups of the magazine covers in our office, like big posters. And so we started talking about like researching that more. And that really sent me down this path. I love (laughs) that American Girl did continue in the tradition of the American Girl Girl Scout magazine, like keeping Mm -hmm. a lot of that content, like very similar to how it originated. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I, I feel like, yeah, I've never thought about it before, but a lot of the stuff that's in American Girl magazine um, does sort of like give a a Girl Scout vibe, like the crafting Mm -hmm. elements, like Mm the, um, I don't know, just like being really resourceful, I feel like is sort of the theme of the magazine. And that seems to like be perfectly in line with Girl Scouts. And like being with a group of girls, you know, Mm -hmm. and doing things together is, you know, I feel like you know, American Girl always promoted that get together with your friends and have a party or do a craft and, you know, very similar to a Girl Scout troop. Yeah, bringing that like community together. Yeah. And I will say, I do not know if Pleasant Roland was a Girl Scout. We do not have Mm. a record of it. And I haven't been able to ask her. Uh, I assume she probably knew of Girl Scouts because she grew up, you know, right at the time when membership was really high. I believe she had a sister. So maybe someone in her family or in her class was a Girl Scout. So I don't know if she read the Girl Scout American Girl magazines or had them or saw them. Um, But I would like to think that she did. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And we have to take a moment to talk about the American girl of today, Girl Scout uniform that launched Mm -hmm. in the 90s. Like, I love that there was such like a strong connection there to get a uniform for your doll, too. And I think that was the only license that uh, Pleasant Company did, because this was, you know, predating Mattel American Girl, where they're now doing NFL uniforms and things. Um, From looking at old magazines, I haven't been able to find any other licenses. It was an official licensed uniform, so they used, you know, our actual logo. And I, I have a list of all the badges that are on the doll uniform because they are real badges, um, oh, things wow. like that. So I think that's really neat that that we were able to do that. Um, you know, because Mattel also owns Barbie, and there's been many Girl Scout Barbies, but that was yeah. the only official American Girl uniform. There were some sort of like. I don't want to say knockoff, but like, you know, some aftermarket uniforms that mm-hmm. fit American Girl dolls, but that weren't produced by Pleasant Company. Interesting. Mm. Very interesting. You know, one of the things that, because I wasn't a Girl Scout growing up, but I was always very envious of people who were. I definitely like romanticized the Girl Scout uniform. Like I wanted to wear <laughs> it so badly. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, and I don't know if this like, has happened over time or if it's the case now but I feel like there was actually very much a lack of uniform wearing happening for like my friends that were Girl Scouts and I remember like seeing them go to their Girl Scout troop meeting and being like um where's the uniform like mm-hmm. <laughs> why aren't they wearing their vest or their sash so I feel like I I should have just gotten the American Girl Girl Scout uniform <laughs> oh, for my, oh my, God. my doll to like fulfill that like need mm-hmm. <laughs> that is so funny Laura I was so into the uniform like I had like the little brownie uniform of like the brown skirt and mm-hmm. the the top and it had like a little orange bow on it like yep. it felt very yep. 70s but what I loved is when I, goodness, I must've been like fourth or fifth grade. I was, was it called a junior, like a junior Girl Scout? Yes. So yeah, that was one of the levels. It's slightly different now, but yeah, that was sort of like the next level up. 
yeah, that, that level had like really good merch. Like the, <laughs> I had like really cute floral leggings with a green sweater that had like the floral print on it. That said like girl scout. I don't know if it's a juniors too, but like, I would wear this with like such pride. Anytime we had a troop meeting, like, mm-hmm. like on the, on like Wednesdays, that was our day of the meetings. Um, I would, wear that outfit like I loved it like I, I guarantee I mean, <laughs> you could find that on eBay now like oh my god yeah, there's so many available and I also have to give a plug for like the contemporary adult Girl Scout merch you know just and not necessarily uniforms but like t-shirts and sweatshirts yeah. we have some really cute stuff that's all sustainably made and like I like it like and all Ooh. my like friends of mine that volunteer were like this is cute like we would wear this wow and I'm gonna have to look into that <laughs> right and Janine we chatted a little bit about this um prior to us hitting record but when you say adult merch you tipped us off into something extremely compelling. There are also adult troops now too, yes. right? Yeah, there's a couple. They're often called Troop 1912, which is the year that Girl Scouts was founded. And they're specifically for adults. And sometimes they do service projects with, you know, girl troops or with kids and councils. They're not at every council yet, but we are working on that. And, um, you know, if you're interested, look in the council for your area. It's very easy to look up online. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm hoping we can uh, start one in New York. I think that right? would be really fun. <laughs> oh my goodness. Absolutely. That would be incredible. We've heard from so many of our guests on the podcast that they miss that like element of coming together with other women to indulge in these activities. And I love that there's a service element to it as well, but I like, I feel like that's like missing in adult life mm-hmm. where you could like participate in something like that. So that's definitely interesting to hear that it exists. Yeah. And I would tell people to look at your local councils too for reunions. Like sometimes there's camp reunions or, you know, they'll cover a whole bunch of years. um, And it's really nice to get together with people, even if you weren't in their troop or whatever, you had that sort of shared experience. It's really fun to spend time reminiscing about it. That is so cool. But I would give for troop 333 to come back together. (laughs) (laughs) I actually just had lunch with two of the girls yesterday or the day before yesterday that were in my Girl Scout troop and we were talking about our senior trip and stuff like that. Um, Oh my goodness. We graduated high school almost 20 years ago, but we're still in contact and, you know, still really enjoy like reminiscing about it. Wow. What was your senior trip like? We went to Niagara Falls. Uh, We drove and it was like right after school ended senior year. So it was hot. Um, and we did all sorts of fun things. We went to a butterfly conservatory and we went to this crazy haunted house called nightmares, which like literally, yeah, it's apparently a thing. It's like one of the scariest haunted houses ever. We had no idea what we were getting into. It was like four teenage girls screaming their heads off, but it was great. (laughs) We had such a good time. Yeah. it, It was a lot of fun. Wow. Who was the troop leader for you? Was it like a mom of one of the girls? Like it Mm -hmm. was traditionally. Yeah, it was a mom of one of my friends and her grandma. And, you know, they had been doing it forever. I'm pretty sure both grandma and the mom were Girl Scouts growing up. And I think afterwards, they ended up being on the board of the council and were still very involved. Um, One of my troop leaders actually got me my first job, like in summer job in college, which was working at a Girl Scout camp, lifeguarding, and then teaching arts and crafts. So it kind of just like was one of those things of who you know and how it works. And I did that for about six years all through college and then after college. And 
I met some of my best friends working there. Like I, if I would go back to camp, that's what I would do. You know, if we, uh, if we could do Girl Scout stuff as adults, I would go back and have like Girl Scout summer camp for grownups. Yes. yes. Oh my God. That would be such a dream. Mm-hmm. Totally. <laughs> well, goodness, we could talk to you for hours and hours about Girl Scouts, but let's hear a bit about what you were like growing up and your experience with AG. So let's kick it off. Janine, what were you like growing up? So I was, I think, very similar to how I am now, Um, super crafty and creative, like tried every arts camp, theater camp, all those kinds of things. Um, I was really involved both, you know, in school and a lot of clubs and activities. Um, And I was pretty outspoken, which I think I still am. And I like thinking back. Um, I do some, you know, volunteer work with youth now. And I like thinking back that I would if I, my 15 year old self knew my 36 year old self, they would be impressed and, you know, would like me. (laughs) So that's how I try to sort of live my life now too, is like, I would make my teenage self and my, you know, child self happy with the way I live. Amazing. Love that so much. (laughs) Awesome. And Janine, do you remember like when you first became aware of, American girl during your childhood? So I was just, I've been talking with my mom about this because I don't have a first memory. Felicity was just there. And I don't, I must have gotten her for like Christmas or a birthday. I want to say maybe in like 93 or so. I don't know why she was the first one, maybe because we thought she was pretty or we liked my mom and I liked sort of history and colonial American history. Mm -hmm. Um, But I had two, an older cousin and she had uh, Molly. So I think maybe my aunt gave my mom a catalog or something. But yeah, she just kind of appeared in my life one day at the same time (laughs) as the books. So like, I don't remember reading the books first or having the doll first. I remember having them at the same time. But as soon as I knew about it, I was obsessed and like had all the books and took them out of the library and, you know, was looking at the magazines and the catalogs, you know, obsessively. Wow. Were you solely focused on Felicity? Like since you had her, or were you looking into like the other stories as well? Yeah, I was looking at the other stories. She was my first and main doll. I eventually yeah. a little bit later got one of the girl of today's a number seven because she kind of looked like me. She had brown hair and bangs. Yeah, and, like close bluish green eyes. Um, I never ended up getting any other dolls, but I played with my cousins who had Molly and Kirsten and we would always like be having parties and one of my neighbors had Samantha so we kind of like pulled you know put, put them all together and played <laughs> with them oh my god, oh my gosh so fun. so fun how were you playing with your dolls with your with your cousin your friend what was that like for you it was awesome because uh, they lived pretty far away from me so I didn't get to see them all the time so you know family parties holidays but it was like a big deal to like go have a sleepover with them. Yeah. Um, You know, and we were having tea parties and going on adventures. Like I had the snowsuit for my dolls. I don't know why. So we were like building snow forts with our dolls in them, (laughs) which was probably like they were getting soaking wet. (laughs) (laughs) And so actually with my two cousins, like I mentioned, because we didn't live near each other, we had these little miniature mailboxes, which were not an ag thing i don't know if we made them or something and we would write letters to each other like in our doll characters and mail them <laughs> to each other um i still have all of them they're hysterical and adorable. wait that is amazing were you so writing cool. them in like the era that they were 
like taking place in or a little like from bit. a modern perspective yeah we like <laughs> kind of like made up little stories but we'd also be like kind of weaving in our own life stuff to be like so I went to school and like we had our play and you know we went on a field trip but then we'd also be like and I'm gonna make tea and have you know my little crumpets <laughs> or whatever oh. So yeah, it was a lot of fun. And again, we were like all really crafty. So we were like decorating them. They had a lot of stickers and drawings. Oh, that's so cool. I don't think we've ever heard anything like that from anybody yet, except for Lindsay's friend, Jenna, who was writing like a novel (laughs) in a diary format um, from like kind of an American girl perspective. But this is the first we've ever heard of like, letter writing which is so cool and I'm surprised that American Girl I guess they sort of did have like a prompt for like the girl of today like for you to sort of fill Mm -hmm. in like her story Mm -hmm. and you know I remember having like a blank book that had like Mm -hmm. you know what are some of your activities and I remember writing in it um but this was more like you know we sent each other little cards and I guess it was because we didn't, this, you know, predates email and we had the phone, but, you know, we didn't have instant messenger or those other things. So we were sending each other little cards and notes. (laughs) Oh my God. And that was so exciting to receive those back then. Mm -hmm. Like getting mail when you're a kid. (laughs) Seriously. What was the age difference between you and your cousins? My older cousin is about a year and a half. She was like a grade or two above me. And the Uh younger one is about the same, but the other way is like a year and a half younger. Oh my God. Um, Incredible. (laughs) It was like a lot of fun to like hang out with the girls you know because we had boy cousins too and they would hang out and do their own thing but like we were playing with our dolls and doing you know we did a lot of hair experiments like braids and like crazy ponytails with each other and on our dolls (laughs) (laughs) so were kirsten's braids taken out oh yeah oh molly's were (laughs) like my felicity's hair i've tried to since like clean it up and like trim it a little but it's not in the best shape and like (laughs) It's okay, though. It's fine. <laughs> we had a lot of fun. Felicity <laughs> of all of them, I feel like at least, like, we're just starting with a low pony. Like, mm-hmm. there's not, like, an elaborate braid that, like, needs to be recreated. So I feel like you can kind of get away with, like, being a little harder on her hair. Yeah, I was definitely, <laughs> like, putting it in braids and, like, all sorts of wacky things. I want to say I we saw things in like the American Girl magazines that were like tutorials for hair. Um, I don't specifically remember, but I remember like trying them out on each other and being like, they're just absolutely silly things with lots of clips and, you know, scrunchies. See, that, that was the thing about American Girl catalog and the magazine, but like mostly the catalog was that like, I feel like they perpetuated a narrative that you could take out your doll's hair because they would show the dolls like in different vignettes, like Kirsten, like getting ready for bed with like her braids out or like Felicity, like Mm -hmm. with her hair down or whatever, like before bed. And so, you know, naturally as a child, you're like, oh, well, then I can just do that. But you really can't. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not without consequences right <laughs> seriously I know Laura and I were at the AG store a few years ago and realized that the hair texture like seems significantly different than like the doll hair that we knew growing up like it's a lot more uh, like 
synthetic. Uh, synthetic. Yeah. Like. <laughs> I recently bought a Truly Me doll just like a couple yeah. months ago with one of the fabulous rainbow hair and it's really Ooh, long and it's like super love. fun to play with, but it's definitely not like silky. It's like slipperier than yeah. Right. Like it wouldn't it, like you would we'd like try to like do a little braid and it would immediately come out. Yeah. But it probably uh holds up a bit better right? <laughs> yeah I think it probably lasts longer or something <laughs> like that it's still fun to play with totally. absolutely I know and there's so many fun hair options now too mm-hmm. which like I would have just had a field day with that as a yeah kid, all the colored sure. hair I right? love as an adult <laughs> oh my god the one that's like pink and blue like I mm-hmm. love 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 that hair yeah. so pretty. yes or even the ones like that are just like the like specific like little highlights like the Corinne yeah. mm-hmm. doll yes. that has like the turquoise highlights I think is cool yeah. right oh my goodness <laughs> Janine going back to the girl of today doll that you had we have to ask this of all of our guests that had them what did you name her if you remember so I do remember um and I have to say I remember specifically naming her after like a play on um the name of a boy I had a crush on in fourth grade (laughs) and I have since changed her name because we did not not get married I do not even know where this person is in the world anymore and like that's all I thought of when I like use oh, yeah. that name for her so I, I recently just changed her name to B um short for my middle name is Beth um and I oh. actually totally updated her and renovated her she has I gave her all my tattoos my facial Whoa. piercing I changed her wig so that it's much closer to my hair now oh. I actually changed her eyes which was very traumatic <laughs> um wow. so yeah so now she looks like me now um instead of when I was like a little girl that oh, is that's so really cool. Yeah. Very cool. How yeah, did you do of, the tattoos? So I did a bunch of research on it first, um, but basically I used like paint pens, paint markers, and then yeah. I coated it in a sealant because it was still kind of sticky. And I have to preface by saying like, I'm an artist. I went to art school undergrad. And so like I... And I'm also super crafty. So like, I wasn't yeah. afraid, you know, to do this and it did wipe off. You know, I made some mistakes. Yeah. Um, and I have a lot of tattoos. So it took me like two weeks to do it because I still a little bit of time. <laughs> That's so cool. Wow. And what about the piercings? Yeah. What, what piercings do you have that you also gave your doll? So I have a whole bunch in my ears. I have a couple in my face. Um, and basically it's really easy. You just like heat up the skin with a hairdryer and poke a pin in it. So oh. I think when you get like the professional ear piercing at the store, they drill a hole. But I yeah. was a little bit nervous about that. So like <laughs> I'm not going to change the, her earrings. I just poked them in and they're going to stay there. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. Mm -hmm. So cool. I totally forgot that you could like get your doll's ears pierced at the store now, Mm -hmm. which is like such a fun addition. To I don't remember that at all from when we were kids. Like, no, me either. There and there was only two historic dolls that had earrings at the time. Kaya. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, sorry, Addie and Josefina. Mm -hmm. Um. So love that. Like you can just customize now. That's so Mm -hmm. cool. (laughs) Janine. Was there anything that you really wanted for your American Girl dolls as a kid that you never ended up owning but were just lusting after? Yes. So it's really silly. Um, and you may not know exactly what I'm talking about, but the little tiny bud vase from Felicity's tea set. So not the tea set, but the little <laughs> flower vase. It was like 
it had multiple spouts and so you could put like a bunch of little tiny yes. fake flowers in it it was based on like original real colonial designs I think it's called a tulip vase in real life and it was probably one inch tall <laughs> or you know something tiny and I just really wanted that tiny little flower vase and I've seen them on eBay and things now and they're silly amounts of money and I can't like bring myself <laughs> to buy one but I kind of wish I had a real one like in people size because mm. it, it makes the flowers like fan out when you put all yeah. these little flowers in it so it just is very appealing to me I'm not sure Ooh, why that's so that cool, so cool. <laughs> yeah that's such like a, an interesting item too like mm-hmm. We definitely have not talked about that on this podcast yeah, before. It's very specific. I, I don't know how long they like made it for, <laughs> um, but I, I remember, so I got to go to Williamsburg and do the Felicity tour in the mid nineties with my family um, and my neighbor that had a doll too. We drove from New Jersey and it was like this huge, wow. big deal, big trip. I loved, we had tea with Miss Manderley and <gasps> we did all the tours and we did a carriage ride, but I remember seeing one of these vases, like a life-size one in one of the like decorated houses the historic museum houses and being like oh, that's so cool like <laughs> oh one. my gosh wow they really yeah. did get the details right with that then yes yeah that's I really want to so go back cool. to Williamsburg as an adult too and mm-hmm. see right. it you know through an adult and like I really like museums I work in museums like see it from that perspective now too and see if it's as For magical sure. as I remember it being Right. Definitely. I love that you got to make that trip too with your neighbor. That's so fun. Yeah. It was a really fun, like, and there's some really great, but like crazy pictures of us with like very nineties, like shorts, like electric yellow and green (laughs) shorts and, and all sorts of stuff. Um, We had a really good time. That's awesome. (laughs) I really, I'm at my parents' house right now in Connecticut for the week and it is on my list to go into our attic and try to track down pictures of my visit to Colonial Williamsburg as well. Like I'm sure I'm wearing those wild 90s styles to holding my Felicity. Like <laughs> hoping I yep. could find a photo album with this uh, evidence. <laughs> I don't yeah, remember like, right. I don't think I went to the Miss Manderley tea though. That's really awesome that you got to experience that. I don't remember if it was like a big package or we did like individual activities, um, but like we definitely got like dressed up in big skirts and dresses for the Ooh. tea and like had the whole lesson, you know, and I enjoy tea as a doll. I'm actually drinking tea right now out of my Felicity cup that I oh, recently cool. acquired, oh um, the like life-size yeah. version. Um and so it was a lot of fun to have like a, you know, old fashioned tea party and learn about the manners and things. That was my favorite part. That and like the horse and carriage ride because I was, yeah. I'd never done anything like that before. Oh, did they cool. have Did they have any Felicity merch in the like gift shops there that you could like engage with? I don't remember any like specific like actual doll merch or pleasant company merch i did get this really cool like straw hat that was similar to a one that she had with like big silk flowers on it and stuff like that um and i have the tiny little patriots pass pin for the doll so the patriots pass was like the activities thing and you would wear a pin with your name on it and i got a tiny version for felicity that you know was doll size but i don't remember if there was like specific doll merch or anything like that I just remember getting that like awesome straw hat with the big flowers on it oh that sounds so cool honestly that's I love that they like collaborated like I wish that like 
they had done that for every historic doll because I feel mm-hmm. like they could have made a case for like Samantha um, mm-hmm. and like her historic time period or like I don't know any of the other ones like but Colonial Williamsburg and Felicity are obviously like a match made in in heaven yeah. I just think like I, who wouldn't love to go on like an American Girl experience for like any of them mm-hmm. honestly <laughs> such a dream I wonder if they still like offer felicity tours or experiences at colonial williamsburg i don't think they do officially i Mm -hmm. recently read an article about like some of the tour guides there who are felicity lovers and like you know had the doll and that encouraged them to work there Um, but i don't know that they officially do anything i think because also because she's retired right i'm not sure yeah that makes Makes sense sense. that's unfortunate though Janine, going back to the dolls um, that you had growing up, and aside from the snowsuit, what were some of the other outfit options that you had for them? So I had a couple historical outfits for Felicity, and I also had like a bunch of outfits because I recently went through them all, like got them out of my parents' attic and that, you know, same story. And I had like some of Kirsten's outfits and a couple of like Samantha dresses. So I don't know if they were from my neighbors and cousins or I just liked them too. (laughs) I was definitely mixing and matching. Like, you know, Felicity (laughs) was wearing girl of today clothing and they were mixing and matching dresses and within the individual outfits, like some of my favorites, I think, you know, some of your other guests have mentioned like the Apres ski outfit with the white knit sweater and the leggings. I wanted that. (laughs) And those like tan boots. I wanted that in grownups, you know, kid size. I want that now in grownup size, like that same outfit. And then I really love loved the girl of today Hanukkah outfit which was like a white sweater with rhinestones and a blue velvet skirt I still have that and it's one of my favorites like (gasps) so cute I always wanted that outfit I don't know why I didn't get it I I don't know how long it was available for um but it was like super cute little sweater I mean yeah it was yeah I had I had a bunch of like Felicity's riding habit and her obviously her blue like Christmas ball gown that she wears, um, mm-hmm. which were really fun too. Oh I had God, a ton ball gown. of stuff my aunt made too. My aunt was a seamstress or is a seamstress and oh, she wow. made us tons of clothes. So like me and my cousins had like matching or coordinating outfits. Um, some of them, you know, quasi historical, some of them more modern. So I still uh-huh. have some of them, um, you know, she made us like cute little bathing suits and stuff like that. So oh we my had, God. Uh, had all that too. That's so fun. Were you able to like collab with her or give her any like direction on what to make or what you wanted? She would let us pick like the fabric patterns, you know, and then she would, you know, so we would pick like, you know, once I remember making like a little skirt that had like purple clouds on it and things like that. And she would kind of do it when we were out playing in the yard or in the basement, she was like upstairs sewing like those rare weekends where we had like girls cousins a weekend (laughs) that's so fun how special yeah Yeah, it was really great my dad actually built all the furniture I have for them too I know you like can't see behind me because we're on a podcast but it's on behind me on a shelf he built the bunk beds uh an armoire and a table and chair set for them uh which was really fun and I still have it oh my gosh that's so cool and did you like give him any direction on that or did he kind of like do his own thing no he I mean he is super handy too and like built 
a whole bunch of other desks and was like always tinkering with cars and stuff in the uh, in the garage. So it was a surprise Christmas present for me one year. And then he built matching sets for my cousins. So my cousins had the same armoire and bunk beds and things like that. Um, And I I remember I got to pick my cousin's color. We painted theirs yellow, minor pink. Oh my gosh. (laughs) That is so cool. I think that any like sort of bespoke American girl like clothing or furniture moments like are just absolutely like the dream because you could be so creative with them like how you're saying like your furniture was pink and like that um you got to like pick the fabric for like the skirts that Mm -hmm. you like were getting sewn by your aunt like that's so awesome because like I, I don't know like it makes me wish that like I could sew now because I feel like my taste has like evolved and like I would love to like come up with some like bespoke American girl outfits or something Mm -hmm. like that (laughs) there's so much creativity you can do there and I feel like at the time also there wasn't so many options there definitely wasn't especially for like uh, because I was kind of a little bit aging out like I remember I was aging out right around the time like Josefina came around so like there were some girl of today outfits but there weren't a ton of choices Mm -hmm. and at that point like I really liked the historicals but I also wanted to dress them like in a similar style that I was dressing so like in jeans and shirts and things so that's what she was sort of my aunt was making us like outfits that kind of looked like what we would wear you know more than um than a historical outfit yeah Yeah. I love that and now as an adult have you gotten yourself back into American Girl in any way yeah I have so uh, honestly I never got out of American Girl I never put my dolls away they their furniture and their outfits went into the attic but the dolls stayed on a shelf uh, all through high school and I actually took my mini Felicity to college with me when I went to my dorm room for like a little comfort thing uh, and she stayed on a shelf in my dorm room Uh, but recently getting back into it as I mentioned earlier I work for Girl Scouts in the archives and like we have you know I've been doing some research around the American Girl name and trademark and so that kind of really got me back into it in the last like couple of years and I just joined the board for a amazing nonprofit organization the organization is called yes she can incorporated and they run an American girl Reese Plains New York which is in Westchester County it is the only store in the country of its kind that I know of Um, all the material and merchandise is donated and girls clean it up and they resell it and all the money goes to funding programs for girls with autism specifically job training and education skills wow so that's how I've really I have personally like rebuilt a whole bunch of my collection and I now have six dolls and a whole bunch of job at girl again because I go there for board meetings and things like that I'm like oh my god I need kit like I kit was not around or I don't remember kit and like I was like I need her she's so cute and same thing like I recently just bought Caroline because I love sailing Uh. and she sails in her stories so I bought her and her skiff uh, which is her sailboat and I was like I I just need them. Like I have, I don't have kids. I have my nieces and nephews are babies. So like, they're not playing with them anytime soon, but I was like, my collection has recently exploded and I would like to, you know, lovingly blame going to girl again all the time. 
Wow. Oh what gosh. an incredible mission and organization for you to be involved in. Yeah, I really enjoy it. So my whole career has been in nonprofits and I've been mm-hmm. on a couple of different boards, uh, but I'm really enjoying this one because the people who work there are wonderful. All the girls that are in the training program are lovely and really amazing. The program has been around about 10 years and it's really just growing. Um, we just opened a pop-up shop in the Palisades Mall, if you're familiar with oh, New York wow. at all. So we're doing some really awesome things. Um, and it's like I said, all the merchandise is donated. The girls clean it up. We have some really amazing volunteers come in and teach them how to take care of the hair and how to, you know, restring the dolls, things like that. Um, so it's all income for running our education programs. That is incredible. Oh, and if, that's yeah. so awesome. Amazing. If any of our listeners want to get involved or maybe like make donations, like if they're not like local, are they still able yep. to do so? Absolutely. So we do have an online store for like real collector's items, specialty items. Um, and so it's girlagain.org uh, and they can look that up or yes, she can incorporated.org um, or come visit us if you are in the New York City metro area. Um, we're right downtown in White Plains. We also do like sales over the phone. There are specials and events and all sorts of things. And we have this really cool wish list. So if you're looking, if you're a collector and you're looking for like, like I was mentioning that really silly little vase, like from Felicity's <laughs> collection, some tiny little piece that you can't find. If you tell us, we'll put it on our wish list. And if we find it, we will call you and you'll get the first chance to buy it. Oh, wow. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah. So it's that. really awesome. So we get a lot of, you know, a lot of PC or Pleasant Company items. We get a lot of like contemporary items. It's really all over the place. Um, and I really enjoy working with them too, because we are doing a lot of Girl Scout programming where we're having Girl Scouts come in and help clean up the dolls and do oh, wow. badge work and things like that. Oh, that's so cool. What a great organization and what a great intersection like for American Girl and like giving back because I Mm -hmm. think it's so in line with what the brand is all about. Is there is there anything you've seen come through Girl Again where you're like, oh my God, I totally forgot this existed? <laughs> yeah, so many little accessories. And like we get a ton of the catalogs and magazines too, more so the catalogs and like just going through them. I remember so many things, but then there's other things that I'm like, I just don't remember this. Like like weird little parts of, you know, little parts of collections, um, some of the outfits that I'm looking at. Um, but we actually, we do get some of the girl size clothing, which I know you guys are always talking about on your podcast. So oh, yeah. select outfits come through and every single time I'm like, okay, what size is this? Like, is this an extra large that might fit me? <laughs> and you know, it's not the gowns are maybe close. They had a Samantha night gown recently that I was like, I could probably squeeze into this. <laughs> oh my God. That is incredible. I might have to put myself on the list for an extra, extra large Samantha night yeah. gown. That's incredible. Yes. Yes. Yeah. All sorts of stuff comes in. Like there's currently a bunch of like the framed posters, which I don't Mm. remember. They're like the covers of the original illustration books, but they're huge and blown up and in frames that someone donated, Um, you know, and then there's, you know, some of the bigger pieces that came after my time, like a bowling alley, which I don't remember there being for the dolls or like a fake swimming pool. Um, And you know what? Right now we have a ton of the horses all the different horses from like from Felicity's <laughs> horse Penny through up through then like we have like a stable going on in the store right now <laughs> oh my gosh so cool that's like yeah. something that so many people were like wanting to get their hands on I remember I know when I was a kid <laughs> yeah <laughs> and we get as just as many adults come into the store as kids like a lot of people come in like with their kids but there are many adult collectors who who come in 
Wow. How big is the store? It's not massive. I, I don't know how many square feet it is. Um, mm. You know, there's probably 200 dolls on display at a time. Oh, wow. All different ones, some, you know, custom ones, and, and maybe give or take a little bit less with random, all different outfits, accessories, beds, furniture, all that kind of stuff. Things are constantly coming in. Um, you know, we've got some really wonderful people who've like donated entire collections which we try oh. to keep together and like we'll sell together so we we have a couple of signed dolls right now that were donated one in good shape one in not so good shape um yeah. so we might do a little restoration work on her uh but you know the staff there is wonderful about like sort of sorting through everything and sort of deciding what year it was from we have this whole process where they determine what doll is this or what collection was this from uh you know it's just a lot of fun to go and and spend time there. I could spend an entire day just like going through everything. I was yeah. going to say like must take like, you know, so much work to correctly like tag those things to the right doll and year. And um, there's so much to choose from, from so many years yeah. that, you know, there's just a lot of like research that goes into that, I'm sure. Yep. There's like a whole binder they've built over the years of like how to figure out who's who based on their stamps and their hair color and their eye color. Um, and, you know, we use the American Girl Wiki and old catalogs. And of course, there are things that come in that were like mystery items that right. we don't know where they came from, <laughs> or maybe they were a specialty <laughs> holiday item or something. Um you know, that comes through. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow. This is like so amazing. If, if I'm ever in the White Plains area, I definitely want to stop in because I feel like I have to see this in person. I can't believe I didn't know about it before. Yeah. It's been pretty small for a long time and like they've just moved to a larger store and are really trying to like get out there and, you know, do some marketing. Um, so I'm really hoping that, you know, more people find out about it. And so White Plains, New York is like 30 to 40 minute train ride outside of Manhattan. You know, you could take the Metro North and it's also pretty close to the Samantha house, which um, is the house that uh, Valerie Tripp based for the Samantha stories. It was a house that she grew up near in I, I blanking on the name of the town. Um, Mount Kisco. Kisco, yes, yeah. yes, Mount Kisco, New York. Yeah, so we're so you could like if you're coming up in the city, you could like go see the Samantha House and come to Girl again. Yeah. You might as well make a whole day out of it, mm-hmm. like really have the full experience. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Laura, we're gonna have to make a trip next time you're on the East Coast. Truly, truly. <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> sounds like such a dream. Um, so Janine, getting back to your work with Girl Scouts, would love to dive a little bit deeper into your role with them and just hear a little bit more about the AG and Girl Scout connection. Yeah, so so I work for GSUSA, which is the umbrella organization over all of the 111 councils in the country, and I specifically help manage the archives, which is records retention, but it's also like all of the historical artifacts, uniforms, handbooks. Um, we have cookies that went to space. We have original cookie boxes. We have amazing photographs of like early designers and people who are in Girl Scouts and all sorts of things like that. So I get to do all the fun Girl Scout history stuff. Um, 
And that's been part of the impetus for this project that I've been working on is I'm, I'm writing a paper that is going to be published next year in 2024 as part of an upcoming American Girl anthology, specifically about Girl Scouts and American Girl Connections. And that like even down to the missions, there's like the same alliteration of using C's where the Girl Scout mission is like courage, confidence and character. And the early Pleasant Company mission was something very similar. Um, so it's like finding all these different connections from similar age groups to like we were talking about earlier with the uniform and kind of bringing them all together in one place. And I did a whole bunch of research internally at Girl Scouts um, through American Girl. And then I did a big survey project where I was getting information and data from millennial girls and who were in Girl Scouts and had American Girl dolls. And I remember having like shared experiences where they went to the stores with their troops or brought their dolls to meetings or did crafts for their dolls like make their own outfits and things like that so it's been a lot of fun bringing together like my professional life and my collection you know nostalgia yeah definitely there's so much overlap between both the organization and the American Girl brand I hadn't really considered about like the troops like directly involving themselves in American Girl like going to the store or Mm -hmm. like doing projects surrounding AG that's yeah cool there is so much overlap too between Pleasant Roland, who obviously founded, um, you know, Pleasant Company and then American Girl, mm-hmm. and Juliet Gordon Lowe, who founded Girl Scouts. So they lived like, you know, 70 some odd years apart, but they both started their brands later in life. So they were like, you know, not, uh, it was not their first project. And they were both focused on, you know, improving the lives of girls. So through education and through different means. Um, but I also think they would have just gotten along really well. Like we have a lot of early writings from Juliet that I've read through and I've watched videos of Pleasant speaking. Um, yeah. I think they were just sort of, you know, similar souls. Absolutely. Wow. I mean, it, it, it would shock me if Pleasant didn't have some kind of connection to Girl Scouts in her past because they are so, you know, similar in all the ways that you mentioned. And just, I think what they promote and as far as like community building for girls goes is, is so similar. And I think it's totally natural that these things would go hand in hand. Um, and I think it's really cool that you yeah. get to like also kind of dive a little bit deeper into like Pleasant and like how, you know, she's speaking to her own brand, like at its inception um, and connecting that back to Girl Scouts as well. That's so cool. Yeah. I was really lucky to be able to interview Valerie Tripp and um, Valerie Lee Schaefer, who wrote The Care and Keeping of You, the first version. Wow. And so they, you know, um, Valerie Tripp was a Girl Scout growing up and, you know, remembers reading American Girl magazine, the Girl Scout version with her sisters when they were in troops. She was so lovely and like sent me pictures of her in her uniform and her sisters in their uniforms. And I'll share a little tidbit um, that's going to be part of my essay and that she's spoken about before, but I think is a new lens. So if you remember in the Molly book, specifically Meet Molly, like right away, it's Halloween and Molly and her friends make hula skirts because Hawaii had just become a state and that was very exciting. And they make hula skirts and they get sprayed by the brother uh, or cousin or something like that. Anyway, Valerie told me that that actually happened to her, that she made hula skirts with her Girl Scout (laughs) troop and, you know, was studying about Hawaii becoming a state and incorporated that into the book. And I thought that that was just so much fun, uh, you know, that she used her own life experience in Girl Scouts, you know, in a later American Girl book that like, I remember that being an iconic scene. (laughs) 
Oh my gosh. Valerie Tripp seems like such a wonderful giving individual because she seems to like really continue to offer her perspective on her time at American Girl and like how it came together during its like golden years. Um, Like she seems like just so willing to like share, which is so wonderful. She absolutely is. Like I said, she was a she was a dream to interview. Like I remember reading all her books and like knowing her name as a kid. Uh, and she was a super lovely person. And she, you know, she gave me some really interesting insights about herself being a Girl Scout and writing for American Girl. And she actually still does a lot of Girl Scout programming where she'll like send them American Girl books and do a oh, you know wow. Zoom interview or something. So I think that's pretty neat. Oh, oh that's my goodness. So awesome. Yeah. Was there anything like totally surprising that you found out in your research so far before getting ready to publish this paper? So not like totally surprising. It was more like just how many small connections and similarities there were. For instance, the American Girl Club handbook. I don't know if you remember like the whole American Girl Club thing with like it yep. had activities. So I recently just acquired an original copy of the handbook. And obviously Girl Scouts, we have handbooks too, which tell you how to do all your badges. But the American Girl Club handbook is basically how to have a Girl Scout troop in the whole book there doing crafts and like how to get together with your friends and how to organize and how to have meetings and I was like this is the exact model we use in Girl Scouts which doesn't surprise me because I know that like Pleasant Roland has a background in educational curriculum so Mm -hmm. it was like it's I think the book is pretty great reading as an adult like how she was wording it towards kids and, and you know marketing it towards them but it reads to me like a Girl Scout handbook. Yeah, that's so true. I had that handbook growing up. I still have it in my possession and I love looking through it. Like it's so mm-hmm. nostalgic and has such great ideas for crafts and recipes and getting together with friends and community. I like read it, but I did nothing with it. Like I didn't like <laughs> <laughs> execute anything in the book. Um, they didn't get those wheels off the ground, but like it, it's so interesting to see that connection between Girl Scouts. I hadn't thought of that before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a lot of similar activities where you're like yeah. cooking together or crafting together. Um, and I also think that, you know, a sort of a less talked about idea is that both Girl Scouts and American Girl focus on community service. So mm-hmm. that's really the whole motto for Girl Scouts and, you know, doing service projects, but really American Girl too. Each of the characters is doing something for their community, you know, whether they're, you know, helping someone, they're gathering things together. And even in some of the later American Girl character books where they're like doing, you know, collections. um, And it's just interesting to me that we're modeling that sort of like service community, you know, gathering, being with your family and, and doing things together from both organizations. Yeah, definitely. These parallels are so apparent when you really dive in. We're Mm -hmm. really excited to read your essay once it's published. Thank you. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It'll come out next year. Incredible. Can't wait. That's going to be so great. I will add that, like, I feel like I talked a little bit or a lot of bit about Felicity because she's still my favorite. Like, I have the Sony Clover Lane bag of Felicity's pattern oh, and the cute. new cups and stuff like that because I feel such a connection to her. But, like, I am not a horse person. I was never a horse <laughs> girl. Like, um, I'm a little afraid of horses. <laughs> I just think they're gigantic and they frighten me. Um, <laughs> so I always, like, think that, you know, 
I was recently talking to someone, a girl again, and I was like, she had picked out Felicity for her granddaughter. And I was like, oh, you made a great choice. It was my favorite doll. And she was like, oh yeah, I picked her because my granddaughter likes horses. And I was like, mm, I do not like horses. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's, Felicity is so multifaceted though, that like, I honestly, not until recently, like really thought about the horse element of her story. Cause I mean, I know it plays like a big role in her first book, but I feel like she has so much going for her besides mm-hmm. just the horse of it all. So yeah. I think it's totally natural to like, like Felicity and maybe not be a fan of horses. I think most people are probably a little afraid of horses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair. I once stayed in, at an Airbnb a couple of years ago, my husband and I, and this woman had a farm in her backyard and it was like a dual house situation where like, it was like a house split into two and there was like a separate living space but in the same big house and she was like yeah like just go in the backyard feel free to like um enjoy the animals like she had three horses a couple goats a couple sheep a lot of chickens a lot of dogs a lot of a lot of things happening back there and it was like an acre like it wasn't like a big amount of land and she like put out carrots for us to feed the horses and my husband and I are in the backyard and all of a sudden, like the horses see the carrots that I have and they all start coming at me like three big horses, like mm-hmm. unleashed upon me. <laughs> and I got scared about it. And my husband, I was like, take the carrots. Like you walk over there. Like I need to get back into the house. And there was like a little mud room that I went into. And every time I tried to open the door to go like back outside, cause I went inside the house, inside the mud room, but I was like, oh, I'm going to go like, I was like, but the horse, like kept putting its nose in the house and I was freaking out. And I realized this is gonna be hard visual to say, but like the front porch kind of wrapped around and I could still, if I went on the porch, I could still pet the horses, but they'd be behind a fence. And that Mm -hmm. I felt like more comfortable with. And I'm like, this is great. Whatever. My husband's like kind of in like the side yard kind of with me. All of a sudden he looks over and he's like, Oh my God, Lindsay. And I was like, what? He's like, the horse is in the house. The horse (laughs) opened the door. Like I guess I didn't, the door was closed, but like, I didn't like lock it, lock it. And the horse knew how to open the door. And I was like, what the fuck do I even do at this point? Like the horse is in the house. (laughs) Like, and I'm just like, it was not the first time it did it. Right. Like it knows where the food is. (laughs) Exactly. That's where its food was. And I'm like screaming for the Airbnb owner. I'm like, Susie, like she comes running out, like her and her partner, like have to come out with like the horse. It was so intense. Cause like, oh my God, I like did not, not know what to do. I was like, <laughs> it was, that it was is scary so situation. funny. And Ben has like all these like photos on his phone, like me inside the horse, like trying to get in <laughs> at that point, not in the house. <laughs> we were both like, what do we do? Oh but it my took, god. It took her a while to get the horse out of the house too. And like they're from the mudroom, like it was just a straight shot into the kitchen. But she she was like laughing and she's like, Yeah, like the horses have gone upstairs before. Like <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, imagine like horses can just be so like derpy sometimes. I can totally see. Right. That happening. They're so food driven. So like, right. I get it. They're like dogs in that way. Yeah. <laughs> like she could not like pry the horse away from its food and that's not good for like the horse to be overfed. So it was like mm-hmm. a little scary for a moment there. Um, but yeah, that was a big, yeah. Horses are a little frightening. I get it. <laughs> They're just very big. <laughs> 
Janine, this is a question we ask all of our guests. And I think that I'm going to like tweak it a little bit because I think that there's um, a couple of takeaways here. But what's the lasting impression that both American Girl and your time with Girl Scouts has kind of left on you? Yeah, so this is really, I'm taking a leaf from my interview with Valerie Tripp because I think she said it really well, specifically that like both brands teach you to respect and value yourself and your opinion Mm. and that to really take yourself seriously. So not only is like history interesting and important, but you're a part of history and there is an importance in that. Wow. That like message of self-empowerment and that young girls' voices matter It's just so impactful. And to hear that Valerie had shared that with you is it's incredible. Yeah. I think it's just even that adults will listen to children, Um, you know, whether it's the adult characters in the books or listening to the kids, um, you know, or trying to speak up for yourself, like as a child, because it's important um, was just something that, you know, I felt really empowered to do by the books and by the brands and, you know, and, and by Girl Scouts too. Oh, that's so awesome. I I just love that like we've been able to take American Girl into this like trajectory with Girl Scouts because it's something we haven't really discussed before, but I think so many people are going to love to engage with this topic and hopefully it brings up a lot of memories for some of our listeners. Mm-hmm. And if there's anything this conversation has also taught me, it's that I was missing out by not being a Girl Scout and I'm <laughs> I'm I'm ready to to maybe revisit that as an adult for yes. sure. Group 1912. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and you can also volunteer with your local council or volunteer with a trooper events. Um I work for Girl Scouts, but I do volunteer for certain events too and I just really enjoy it that's incredible love that oh well shall we get into our fun activities Mm -hmm. (laughs) let's do it all right janine we are starting off with the dinner party question if you were to host a dinner party and could invite any two american girl characters so the friends the families the dolls themselves which two would you be inviting to your dinner party? Okay, so I have to say Felicity because I think she would be really fun and spunky yeah. and we'd be like running around in the woods. And then my second choice would be Caroline, who was like not, yes. you know, super talked about. She only was debuted for a little while. But like I mentioned earlier, I really like sailing and she was a sailor, but she also seems really fun and like would get along with Felicity too. And I think that we would just have like both. Okay, so like as kids, like if I was also nine years old and I was meeting both of them as nine years old, and if we were having an adult dinner parties like if they were grown up their versions of themselves meeting me now I think it would both be fun in both situations yeah oh that's so interesting we haven't really considered that before I had like always thought of it as like the essence of the doll like not Mm -hmm. necessarily like an age I was nine (laughs) like and we were at a birthday party you know that would be fun yeah if we were like at a fancy dinner party with cocktails you know I'm thinking of the characters as like what I (laughs) imagined them to be as grown-ups based on their stories I love that oh and I wish we like could find out what they were like but we can use our imaginations (laughs) right (laughs) I love that oh I love that so much too I definitely would love for 
us to do like a deeper dive into Caroline because we haven't talked about her that much, but her, just like aesthetically, her collection is so cute. So I I love (laughs) all her outfits and everything. Um, And her stories are really sweet too with her family and her grandmother and, you know, they saved the town and during the war of 1812, like I've, enjoyed that was one I don't remember her debuting at all so she must have Mm -hmm. came like much later than I aged out but like rediscovering her and be like she's just so cute (laughs) right Uh, she has like my number one meat dress too yes yeah (laughs) Uh, well segueing into the celebrity activity Janine um if one of your favorite celebrities who I'm going to pick could have an American Girl doll, you're going to say who you think that they would be best matched up with. Mm-hmm. And this can be someone they identify, you think they identify with or just someone you think that they would like to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and that celebrity is going to be Jennifer Lawrence. So I sort of see her as like the best friend, you know, I mean, and that may be her, like her media image. I clearly don't know her actually. Um, but I, um, I think she would have Molly because mm-hmm. they both to me seem like a little bit clumsy and a little bit like crazy, but also a really good friend and supportive yeah. and like up for adventure and trying things. Yeah, Jennifer Lawrence seems like someone who's unabashedly herself. And I think that that's something that definitely aligns with Molly. Like Molly, I feel like, especially like throughout, I want to say the first book, like you you definitely see her, you know, come up against like some embarrassing moments, some trials and tribulations that maybe aren't the most flattering, but it's, it's like good to see the human side. And I think that's kind of why we also love Jennifer Lawrence because she's very relatable. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I, (laughs) yeah, I have nothing to add to that. I fully agree. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Janine, this has been such a delight to have you on the podcast. Thank you so, so much for joining us today. Please let everyone know where they could find you after this. Yeah, so I'm on Instagram, uh, just simply J9Beth, so J in the number nine with B-E-T-H. And I have been posting a little bit about my dolls and some of the updates, shall we say, or how I updated (laughs) my um, Girl of Today doll. Incredible. Can't wait to check that out, especially yes. with like the tattoos yeah. and the piercings and the yeah. hair. That's so fun. And I'm happy to talk American Girl or Girl Scouts anytime. <laughs> yes. And we'll definitely have to um, circle back around when your essay comes out mm-hmm. um, because we'll definitely want to share that with our listeners. Yes, I can't be- wait to read it. Well, thank you so much for chatting. This has been really fun. <laughs> thank you so much for joining and thank you everybody for listening. Thank you for listening to American Girl Women. For more AG Women content, follow us on IG at American Girl Women or send us your American Girl stories via AmericanGirlWomen at gmail.com. We might just read them on the pod. If you like this podcast, tell your friends and rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts.